This podcast has been brought to you by AD Banker and Company. They have been helping those new to the industry to pass their insurance licensing exam since 1979. Find out more about how they can help you license your producers and staff at adbanker.com. Matthew Wolk is a very successful and award-winning district manager with Farmers Insurance Group in St. Louis, Missouri. He has been named District Manager of the Year five of the last six years and has over 80 producers and storefronts that he assists to achieve their own personal goals. Matt's personal insurance career began as a producer himself in 2000, just as he graduated from the University of Missouri in Columbia, Missouri. Today I'm with uh, Matt Wolk with uh, Farmers Insurance in St. Louis, Missouri. Welcome to the program, Matt. Thank you for the opportunity. Say, tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and uh, what you do now. You know, a little bit about myself. I've been in the insurance industry now for 17 years. Uh, I started it while in college, actually, uh, in the year 2000 and, and plugged through that and thought, you know what, I want to be an insurance agent. You know, you don't have too many people that actually get into this industry and on their kindergarten list that says, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you say an insurance agent, but I kind of grew up in it. My family's had a pass with it. They've been doing it now for 43 years. And uh, I have a brother that's in the business. I have a cousin that's in the business. So it does run in the blood and and uh, had that opportunity. But, you know, I started on the agency side and, and uh, I enjoyed it, but I found my true passion was really coaching and leading and mentoring and helping other people in the industry. So fast forward 17 late years later, that's where we are today. Well, that's interesting uh, that, uh, you know, it is true that many times when I meet people who are in the insurance business, that wasn't really plan A. Uh, that might not have even been plan B or plan C, uh, but that is that is unique. Uh, how many agents? Now, you're a district manager, so you have agents that you offer an opportunity. How many agents do you have within your district now? Correct. So we call them storefronts, actual storefronts, and I have 84 storefronts that are underneath us in the St. Louis and surrounding area. Really? Now, is that uh, all those 80 people or people that you recruited into the business, or did you inherit some of those from a previous manager uh, who maybe have had this area? Great question. So when I first started in August of 2000, I started, as I said, on the agency side. In 2002, I went in on the, I was an assistant DM. And whenever I became an assistant DM, I was fortunate enough to stay in this district from 2002 on. But in 2002, we started with 23 agency owners and had about 23,000 policies. Today, you fast forward, it's 110,000 clients that are out there and 84 agency owners. So I did inherit some of the agencies, but I will tell you, they always say you can't call it your district or your your agency, so to say, until you recruit at least half of the people in the business. So I can honestly say it is my district at this point. And do you have a pretty good mix of uh, men and women and young people and uh, people that are a little older like myself, uh, a little long in the tooth? Yeah. You know, great question there too. And yes, we have a mix of everybody that's out there. I will tell you what we're seeing a trend now today is more females. We're having a lot of success and and farmers shared some data with us that 68% of all buying decisions are done by the female in a household. So we start looking at that. And I, I think back of the real estate industry a while back. And if you had cruised down the road and looked up in the, in the past 20, 30 years ago, all the billboards were males. Today, all females. So we are having a lot of success. My female agency owners are very, very successful. Uh, They have their struggles, just like the male agency owners do too. But our female agency owners, that is a trend that it's going to, is a lot of female successful agency owners, certainly. And what do you think is the attractive thing for a young lady uh, considering the business? What's appealing to them? 
you know, I, I always say there's three things that are appealing to people getting into this industry. It's a uh, flexible schedule, lucrative career path, be your own boss. At any given time, those can change for what somebody wants out of this industry. Maybe you have, you know, I don't want to use the word ego, but you're, you're saying, you know what? I want to be my own boss and people drive towards that. Me, I, I think in the beginning, it was that lucrative career path. I was really motivated by that. I wanted to earn my income and, and say, you know, I need that. I need that dollar. That's, that's what I was driving towards. I will tell you, as you move on in your career and you get some wins under your belt, the dollar's not so important. It's the success of the people that you get to work with is what makes this business what it is. But that flexible schedule is, I think, the number one driver truly for, you know, a mother that has children and, and still a part of her family. And, and the insurance industry is unique because you could be going to the soccer games or the sporting events or the parent teacher conferences and everything else. And people need insurance everywhere you go. So there is an opportunity that you can market your brand whether you're at the soccer game or the parent-teacher conference or whatever it is. So I would say the flexible schedule is probably the most appealing thing to the female industry. Interesting. It's uh, Now you're here in St. Louis, and this is a pretty busy place. Uh, uh, I was just coming down I-270, and uh, you've got uh, quite a traffic situation up here. Is this where you're from? You know what? I'm actually from St. Genevieve. It's a small town south of here. It's about 60 miles south. I graduated high school with 37 individuals. So I always tell people I was in my top 37 of the class. So, so you weren't the valedictorian? I was not. I was not. But I'm proud to be in the top 37. Not too many people can say that about their high school. Uh, so it was a small town. And that's where my father, my parents actually started their agency in St. Genevieve, Missouri. It's population 4,411 people. So it is a small town. But if you branch out, St. Louis is about 60 miles north of that. And they did ride a lot of business up here. So... Uh, you know, going back to St. Jen, it has a lot of appeal and it's a, it's a neat, historic, small town. Uh, I like that small town feel, but it wasn't for me to, to continue in the insurance business and, and grow my career. And that's, uh, south of St. Louis and that's on the river, isn't it? It is. Okay. It's right on the river. So you, did, you didn't have dreams as a kid of being like, uh, Huck Finn and sailing the river? <laughs> you wanted to go into insurance? Yeah. You know, I, I, well, and it's funny you bring that up. I, I did not have the, uh, desire, you know, I was thinking growing up, I never want to get in the insurance business. Why would I want to do insurance? And I think part of that stems back to my father. Whenever I was growing up, he had, he had a lot of clients at one time. He had the seventh largest agency, I think back in 1994 with farmers insurance group, he had the seventh largest agency and he would have me lick envelopes whenever it came time to send out the holiday cards or the Christmas cards. And I did that. I didn't understand that there was a rag that you could have or a little sponge and you didn't have to lick it. I think I probably talked too much as a child. <laughs> he said, I'll shut him up. He's going to be licking envelopes <laughs> the next month. So so you got a taste for the insurance business. Early, yeah, early. literally. Right. Yeah. And that made me realize at that point, I said, if this is the insurance business, I want nothing to do with it. Now I found as I grew up and, and got into this business it may not have that. It, it's not sexy or anything like that. But when you get into it, it's a, it's just a really, really neat industry that you truly have control of your own destiny. Now you uh, headed out from uh, St. Genevieve High. And uh, where'd you go to college? I went to school at Mizzou. Uh, so I'm a Mizzou grad, SEC, go Tigers, and got that opportunity. My, my degree was in finance and banking. I was there and I graduated from there in 2002. Uh, as I said, I, I started in the insurance business actually while I was at uh, going to school at Mizzou. So I got my insurance licenses. And at the time, I, I remember my district manager, I did learn a lot from him. And it, it, it tends that you can you can learn from everybody in this industry, right? Whether it be good or bad. And I would say this one probably led to the, the bad side a little bit. But 
uh, I learned a lot of what I didn't want people to feel like whenever I was going through the industry. So as I got into it, I remember being lost first starting out and that feeling of being lost and on that island, it's horrible. So as he would uh, recruit and select and bring people into the insurance industry, they were on that same island as me. And I found myself, well, as I trained myself, I really liked training them. So I got more apt to doing that side, which led me to to taking the route that I did on the district manager side. Now you were, did you go to school in Columbia? I did. It was okay. Columbia. Four Missouri. years in there. Were you in a fraternity? Or I was. I okay. was. I was in a fraternity. It was Cap Alpha Order at the time and and uh, enjoyed that process and, and got to do all the, the fraternity life. Too. Did you convince any fraternity brothers to do? business with you? You know what? It, it, I always say, and my father told me this too, it's kind of words of wisdom. He said, it's not the, you know, do I use my, I am securities license. So I do use my, my security side of it a little bit. It's not the, the finance degree that I got really that I use every day. It's the connections that I got from that university. It's the four more years of maturity, which certainly I needed at the time that I use from that. And, and I, I'll go back to the connections. That's the biggest thing. So of my team, I have 14 on my direct put payroll that helped me oversee and manage and work with the 84 storefronts that we have out there. All of the uh, 14 on my payroll have come from a direct contact. Nothing has been from a job board or anything like that. And there's a lot of Mizzou grads that I always tend to go back to and, and get a reference from to be able to leverage that for the future for my team. Now, you mentioned it just a minute ago. Do you want to weigh in an opinion on the SEC versus Big 12 and, and, and that, uh, that? You know, I don't. I really don't think I need to weigh in on that opinion. I think the SEC already has that cleaned up. So I, I, I don't think there's really a lot to dispute there. And I think everybody in the SEC would agree with me. All right. Well, we'll <laughs> stay away from uh, politics and religion. There we uh, go. Absolutely. Um, what to, so I'm gathering that your first job out of school was the insurance business. You didn't wash dishes or... Uh, or uh, work uh, on the road crew or anything? No, you know what? Growing up, I did work in my father's agency. So I would say pretty much all my life, I've been in the insurance industry. And and uh, yeah, throughout college, I was doing it. That's And it goes back to uh, things that I've learned from past mentors and leaders. So my entire book of business, whenever I started in college, was with him. So I started in the phone book and I would open it up. Obviously, with the do not call and everything's changed today, but all my clients, my district manager at the time told me, don't start with A's and B's. Everybody quits by the time they get to M. So start with M and you're good to go. All my clients were M's then. So I just started with that that side of it. But yeah, I grew up in the insurance industry and it's it's just been in my blood. Now, it's uh, the opportunity that was available that you saw when you started. Uh, do you feel that opportunity is still available today to someone who's considering getting into the business with technology changing. And you, know, you can hardly watch a television program now without seeing insurance advertising, certainly not a sporting event. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I still think that opportunity is great because there's going to be, you know, you will see it for the auto insurance industry side of it, but you really don't see it for the home insurance. That gets a little too technical for people to be able to go out and write their own home insurance. You also have commercial insurance, small business insurance, work comp insurance, working with small business owners. There's an opportunity there like no other. So that's a huge opportunity. And then you shift into life insurance and investments and being able to do that side. My gosh, we sell pet insurance. There's so many different variables that go into this industry. Auto insurance is changing. And you look at self-driving cars. Does that drive down the auto industry? Who knows? I can't predict the future with that side of it. But there's still a, a, a huge, huge opportunity for the right person that's willing to come in. It's hard work. It's evenings. It's blood, sweat, and tears. It's 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 hard. It's really hard. Mentally, it's a grind. But for the right person that's willing to put in the time, invest the monies that they need to to grow a business, it's an absolute perfect opportunity for the right person. 
So your agents, uh, probably many of them do an annual review with many of their clients and they go down through the annual questionnaire. Is that one of the questions? Do you have any, have you acquired any new pets? Uh, as one of the questions on that uh, annual review questionnaire? You know what? I, I think some of the agency owners certainly bring that up, but it's probably not. Uh, so we call those FFRs, Farmers Friendly Reviews, and we do encourage them. We highly encourage them. I will tell you, if, if it's a really good agency owner, and I can tell by their retention, if they're keeping in contact with their customers, because that's what separates us. We know when their kid hit the game winning shot. We know when something bad happened in their, their household. So we're able to communicate and reach out to them. We probably know when they bought the dog, especially with social media today. You, you, nobody's going to get a new dog or a new pet or something like that and not post it somewhere. For the person that's working the social media angle, and that's where I say the younger generation today can have a huge opportunity. We don't cold call anymore. We use social media to be able to use that. Well, when we see that they got their new pet or whatever it is, yeah, we're going to contact them. I would think that if the client's dog would get a birthday card uh, celebrating their birthday, that then you probably have a locked-in customer for life. <laughs> you know what? That is family. That that pet is it's, it's the closest thing you're going to get to a human in that household that you're going to find. So I know you uh, are always looking for your boat. Your, it looks like you've got a dual occupation here. It's not only managing the plant, and the, the the producers and the agencies, the storefronts that you have, but also looking for new people in the insurance industry. Um, when you meet somebody for the first time in that interview process, what do you look for uh, that always tells you, I think I've got somebody here that uh, this would be a great fit for? You know, that that's a really, it's a loaded question. It's a great question because I can't look at somebody and say, well, they got the right color. They got the right height. They wear their hair the proper way. They got a cool tie and they're going to be successful in this industry. I can't, I can't do that, but I look for characteristics. And the, 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 the unfortunate part is I can't look at a resume and I can't look at a human to say that they have those characteristics. Characteristics I look for work ethic, upbeat, positive attitude. They got to have that. And then I always say somewhat intelligent. I'm not looking for a rocket scientist in this industry because if they're too intelligent, they overanalyze things and they're generally not that successful at the sales side, What whatever industry they choose to be in. But those characteristics, I wish I had an easy button that I could just slide over and say, put your paw in there and let's see what spits out. I don't have that. So, so truthfully in the interview process, Dennis, what I try doing is pushing people away because the insurance industry is not for everyone. So if I can push them away a little bit and I'm going to just give them enough information to make an informed decision, that's all I try doing. I give them a book to read. There's a great book that's out there. It's called, So You Want to Be an Insurance Agent. And I, I, I hand that book out all the time and it's, it's a great read. It's a two to three hour read, but it's the good, the bad, the ugly of the insurance industry. It's not going to get the rah, rah. And we all know people that are an insurance agent that's been doing it for 20 or 30 years that has the big house and they have the boat and they have the RVs or whatever else, all the toys that you want. What we don't know is 20, 25 years ago, how big of a struggle it was for them too. And I think a lot of people miss that side of it. So my job in the interview process is really to almost discourage them from doing this to make sure that they really truly want to do it and help them understand you got to spend money to make money. It's evenings, it's weekends, it's blood, sweat, and tears. So what do you think uh, these candidates that do make it through the gate and make a decision to go forward? What's the thing that they struggle with most uh, getting their arms around, uh, at least in those early months? Uh, Again, another great question. I think the thing they struggle with the most is the discipline they need for themselves, right? Because I don't want to run an adult daycare. That's not what we're looking to do. But with that being said, 
we tell them that it's evenings and weekends and blood, sweat and tears and everything else. But I find them leaving Fridays at two o'clock because it's nice and they want to go hit golf clubs. Right. And I always say, you know what? When you work for somebody else, you never did that. When you work for yourself, that's when you should work the hardest. Yet you're cheating only yourself. So it's the discipline is the hardest thing. And then the second hardest thing will be spending money to make money. Everybody knows how that goes. If I always say it, hey, you have to spend money and then I'll wait and I'll pause a little bit and then they'll go to make money. And they they follow through with that. But then when it comes time to cut that check and say, hey, I'm going to invest a thousand bucks this month in leads or I'm going to put two thousand dollars a month in leads. And it may be 90, 180. It may be a year before I see the return on that. But the return keeps coming as residual income keeps happening in the insurance industry. It's really hard to keep cutting that check and saying, where's it coming from? And they have to believe because no marketing system, you put it out there and the first time you hit it, it just gives you this huge return. You got to continue to work that system. And I've watched people too, on the flip side, put 10 grand in it. They go, hey, I'm going to put 10 grand in this month. And I'll go, don't do that because you got to put the, the man hours behind it too, to be successful with this. You can't just dump money in it and expect it's going to take off. You got to be able to go out and do your presentations and meet with people to be able to sell the policies too. Yeah. Well, that's, it sounds like good, uh, good sound, basic advice. It's uh, if you have someone who comes to you and says, you know, uh, Matt, I'm considering, I've got two options. Uh, one is this uh, corporate job or a salary position. The salary is pretty good and it's got some good benefits with it. Uh, or I could go your direction. Um, uh, what uh, what advice would you give them if somebody's in that? That uh, what advice would you give them, or what would you ask them to look uh, of or about themselves as they're trying to make a decision in which direction to go? And again, Dennis, a loaded question there because each candidate's going to be so different. But again, I'm going to discourage them from doing insurance. The people that are successful at this, they keep coming back to me, going, "Listen, you need to give me an opportunity." Right. The person that I'm trying to pull across the line and say, no, 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 I got to sell you on this idea. They don't make it in this industry. They really don't because they're sold on the idea again of that big house on the hill, the boats, the RVs and everything that comes with it. The, the, that doesn't just happen. It's the hard work in the beginning. So whenever I first see a candidate's kind of weighing that out, I also tell them that the average American has had two jobs in the last five years. So that, that base income, you may feel that it to be stable. But I will tell you, I feel my career path to be very stable. I'm an independent contractor. I control my destiny every single day. I know if I make X number of calls, my income is going to be this. I can break down the numbers. It's it's not, it, it's very black and white, really, when it comes down to it. So I'll first analyze what the opportunity is. And if they're swaying on it and say, man, I'm really kind of comfortable on this side, I'll say, go that route. Don't do the insurance side unless you can say you should never even bring that up to say, listen, I don't want to do that. I want this opportunity. That's the person Then I'm going to push them into the career path of, you know what, you have a, you're going to be an agency owner with with that insurance industry. It's a, you obviously have been a successful district manager, uh, but then you were an agent prior to that. What what caused you to make that transition and decide you wanted to be a manager and work with others rather than being an individual personal producer? Don't they say, I forget how it exactly goes, but if you're bad at being in sales, then you should go in management. So I think that's where I came in. I wasn't horrible at the sales process. I just found I, I migrated towards the individuals that were coming into the industry and they were just, they felt like they were on an island, right? And I, I, I just took, I took such great pride in helping them. They would go out and they, they wouldn't get a presentation. I would say, you know what, let me go with you and let's tweak it. We're going to try something else. Let, let's go back out on the presentation and we're going to do it this way. And to get that sale for them, 
and to see that excitement and they, they would light up and, and you're teaching them how to fish. You're not going to fish for them, but you teach them how to fish so many times and then you step back and then they come back a week later. For me, the true success is 10 years down the road, whenever I have had people since December of 02, my first individual I brought in to hear him come back to me and send me cards and say, thank you for taking that chance on me. Right. That, that is, that's everything to me. It's not really the charge of the sale. It's not the financials. It's, it's helping people get and achieve their dreams. That is, that's what drove me to being on the management side. And I absolutely love that side of it. That's neat. That's neat. Uh, what do you feel like, um, here at your agency, yourself and your staff, you really do really well, uh, in terms, whether it's communication, organization, or, you know, and I know it, it takes a lot to be successful, but if you had to zero in on one thing that you're really doing well, you know, what would, uh, what would you uh, say uh, you do? You know, I, I, to go back to your question with the staff and everything else, nobody's ever called staff. Nobody works for me. They work with me, right? Nobody, they're team members. So I think treating people as you would want to be treated, right? If you sit and talk to somebody and you say, oh, hey, this is my staffer, that, that it, it's, it's nails on a chalkboard to me. They, they're not your staffer. They are your, your team member. They're your partner in helping you grow this business. So I've always believed that from day one and helping people believe in themselves. I will, I will convince you that you are going to be a rock star in this industry and I'm going to help you do that. So that to me is helping people believe I can help them achieve that. But it all starts in them believing in themselves, which starts with me believing in them. As you kind of look at uh, each year, you, I'm sure, sit down and do an assessment of where you are and where you want to be. Uh, last time you did that, uh, what was an area that you felt like, hey, we need to do a better job? Uh, we're, we're not at the top of our game in a particular area of your business and that you're working on it right now this year. Yeah. And Dennis, that's that's I would tell you. I don't feel like we're at the top of our game in any part of the industry. I really don't believe we are because I think the second that you feel like you're at the top of your game is when you get knocked back down. So I always say we're, we're tweaking everything. And notice I said the word tweaking because I watch a lot of people, they start a marketing plan and they go, it's not working. I'm going to throw that out. And I say, don't throw it out. It takes time, right? So tweak the plan you have. And what we need to do is tweak this. Just turn the knob a little bit. Don't, don't throw it out. So I would say, you know, I feel like our ship, it moves pretty good and we do all right with that, but I do feel like it's sinking, but I feel where we're good at it, we clog those holes really quick. So, I mean, you could ask me in a week from now and I could tell you this part of it's falling apart. I could tell you this part's falling apart. It's really not falling apart. It's just not, we, I, I can't say we've had excellence. Farmers grades us in a way that, that maybe they would classify, Hey, that that's an, you're excellent in that area, but I know we can always get better in every area that's out there, but I would say structure structure and discipline on our part, and then holding people accountable for what they do. And I just had this conversation with my team yesterday. When I'm interviewing a candidate and they come in, the first question they always ask me, what's your training like? Are you going to give me the adequate training that I need to be successful in this business? Because most people never have been in the insurance industry, right? They've never been self-employed. And that's a challenge for a lot of people that shift over to the industry to say, hey, I'm going to be self-employed, so nobody's going to babysit me every day. And then am I going to get the training that I need to be successful? So I, I think you you start with the training. And I was telling my team this yesterday. If we didn't do that, and I brought people into this, this career path, they quit their job. They gave up that salary and they come in here. And then we just set them in a room and we go, go at it, man. You're going to sell insurance. Everybody has to have the product. That wouldn't go over well. Right. They would call us out right away and say, you're not training me. You're not giving me the tools and the system. I need to be successful. 
yet we'll bring people in. We give them very good training. We give them phenomenal systems. We give them everything they need to be successful, and then they don't use it because they don't have the discipline to sit in here and, and put in the hours and invest the time and money that you have to. And we would allow them to do that. So this is something that we're constantly working on and I'm working on it right now. It's not okay to be okay. So it goes back to being good for them, not to them. I'm going to be good for him. I'm going to call him out. We had a guy leave last night. He's starting his business and he's all excited. So I get his dream sheet and he built out this dream sheet and his dream sheet was, it was pretty cool. I mean, he wants the biggest house I think in the world is what he put on this dream sheet. And it's not all material things. He wanted to help his family and everything else too. But he put on his dream sheet that he wanted all these things, yet he left here at 5.30 at night. You you can't have your cake and eat it too, right? You have to give up something to get something. And I said, you know what? We need to call that individual out. You need to appoint it with him and tell him you can't achieve all your dreams that you're wanting to achieve if you're will not willing to put in the time. So I think that's something that we're constantly working on. And that's something that, that we're addressing today and tweaking. And, and will we will we exactly get it figured out and perfect it? We'll never perfect it, but we can get a lot better at it. What were you excited about uh, coming in today, coming in this week? What excites you most about where you're at now and where you're going in your agency? Developing people you know, helping others achieve their goals. That, that That's why I am a manager. And I, I hate to use the word a manager. I'm a coach. I hate even, I, I work with people. You know, if anybody ever says, hey, this is my district manager, I go, no, no, no. We work together to help him grow his agency. So I'm excited to help people achieve their goals. I, I, I don't like it when they have challenges, but I like helping them overcome the challenge that they have. So that, that to me, every day that I wake up and helping develop even my team, Right. It goes back to me having the belief in them, which if I have the belief in them, they'll have the beliefs in themselves. And I think it starts with that. So I get excited to watch people spread their wings. They get excited whenever we help them with something. They come back in and they go, hey, that actually worked. Or you know what? You were right with that. And, and the way that you train me on that, it put me in a great position to be able to rebuttal or to overcome that or to achieve the result that I was wanting to achieve. So. That to me, it, I get excited about that. And and it does feel repetitive sometimes, right? You're having the same conversation because you see so many people that we, we get to work with on a daily basis, but you have to take the time to work with each individual and act as if you've never had that conversation and give them the passion and energy that they need and deserve. Neat, neat. Uh, just in our listeners, in case you came in a little bit late, our guest today is Matt uh, Walk. Very successful uh, district manager with Farmers uh, Insurance Group here in St. Louis, uh, Missouri. Uh, Matt, I've got just one last question or two here for you. And that is you had the unique experience growing up that your dad was in the business. What's some advice that maybe your dad gave you that uh, that maybe you questioned years ago when you first heard it, but now that you're mature in the business and you say, you know, dad uh, had it figured out and it was great advice. You know, to say I'm mature in the business, I'm only 17 years in. I've watched people that are 50 and 60 years in this industry. So I can't say I'm mature in the industry. But the shortcut never works. There's no magic bullet. I watch people come into this and they try buying success or they try buying the next widget that's going to equal and take care of everything. And it's going to be the, the answer to success. It's really not out there. The only thing that you can do is, is hard work, effort, activity and attitude. You can control all those things. And if you put in the time, you have a good attitude about what you're doing, you're going to be fine and be very successful in this industry. And I've watched my father tell me, stick it out, because in the beginning, it's so hard. It's such a grind. And I watched my friends from college 
they'd come out and at the time they were in the mortgage industry and the mortgage industry was just taken off and you know they wouldn't work on Fridays and they would get out of there at three o'clock and they were making all this money. And I said, dad, what, what am I doing? Like, why am I in the insurance industry? I feel like I, I can work with clients better than they are. And I feel like I'll, I'll give more energy and time to them. And he said, Matt, that'll turn. And it, and it does, you know, it, and there's no, uh, there's, there's no shortcut to success. There really isn't. I don't want to leave mom out of the loop. Uh, she obviously offered something along the way. Absolutely. And my, my mother was there throughout the process. And my mother, what she's helped me a lot with is just running a business. You know, for me, very fortunate that I have parents that have been 43 years in this insurance industry too. So running a business, she, she does really good with helping me on my team. So I'll have an individual, let's say a team member comes to me and says, you know what? I need to make more money. Have we all heard that before? If you have somebody that's on your, your payroll, they always, they always want to make more money. And I always want to pay them more money, but they're going to earn more money. Just as farmers tells me, you want to make more, go earn more. So um, I had an individual come to me a while back and she said, you know what? I really need to make more money. And I said, what if you could work a day from home? And I didn't come up with that. That's what my mother came up with. It's 2017. The computers are what we're using more and more every day. She, she's support role for my team, but on Wednesdays now she works from home and she absolutely loves it. Not only did it save her in time and gas money, but now she gets the efficiency to say, you know what? I got to work from home one day a week. So the, the, the idea of running a business, my mother has been very influential on that side of it too. Matt, it's been wonderful uh, visiting with you and learning more about you and your background and your family. Uh, thank you so much for being on our program. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Oh, hi. You're still here. Say, if you are interested in reaching thousands of licensed insurance producers across the country, why not consider sponsoring a guest podcast? If you had sponsored this episode, we would be telling thousands of listeners daily about you and your company. Find our contact information to request prices and availability at insuranceradio.com.